Welcome to Yes Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll talk about how classifying ourselves as workers is dangerous to society and marginalized people. We will also talk about the climate in and out of the club and all of the amazing things that sex workers do and everything else in between. This is Daisy Ducati with Yes a Stripper Podcast. Hello and welcome to Yes a Stripper Podcast. I am your host, Daisy Ducati, and I am here today with a dear friend of mine named Kat. We used to work together long ago on Broadway in San Francisco, and we have a really funny story of how we met, which you'll hear in a moment. I'm really excited to introduce you all to Kat and hear her story today. We'll talk about how she was working in the clubs in San Francisco when the employment status for dancers changed in California from independent contractors to uh, employees. And we'll talk about how that affected her work and the general environment of the club and how it affected her decision to retire into selling art and beautiful, beautiful leather pieces. Um, And we'll also discuss how some of the skills and things she learned from working in the club have helped her in her other business adventures to really succeed and thrive. Um, And we'll tell some really, really fun stories of our time being wild together. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to Yes, a Stripper podcast. I am here with Kat and we are going to have an awesome conversation about what she's been up to. So how are you? Um, I'm actually doing pretty chill. Um, I know that a lot of artists in this time period are struggling and like a lot of the pandemic reasons and everything. But honestly, like it's giving me a lot of time to go inside and think more about myself and like what do I want to do with my future so there's a lot of things where I had to like pause and think about if I can do it better or Mm -hmm. if there's other things that I could be doing that like or things that I've always put off Mm -hmm. things that goals that I've written down for years that I'm just like okay when am I gonna do this and I've been just having those moments during this time period where I'm just like, all right, well, the time is now. And I'm just going to start doing that. And one of those things is music. So I started taking guitar and piano lessons. Oh, awesome. uh, Only about a couple months ago. That's awesome. Hell yeah. So let's, (laughs) for the the listeners, I think it's a really fun story of how we met. So I think we should tell them. Um, okay. Kat and I have been oh, friends we were at the for, Condor. yeah, <laughs> we've been friends for a long time and I was looking to, I was in San Francisco and I'd been dancing for a while and I was looking to hire a stripper I hadn't met yet to dance for my birthday party. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, I know everybody. How do I find someone that I want to have at my birthday party that I haven't met yet? And I was, like, going to all the clubs and just, like, trying to figure it out. And then Kat walks in and I was like, oh, my God, you're perfect. <laughs> like, you were so cute and so friendly and so fun. I was like, I need you at my birthday party. Party, honestly, like, um, I remember it was at 
the hotel was it phoenix hotel the one with the pool yeah yeah oh my god we almost got kicked out because i like was not supposed to be throwing a party there (laughs) i just rented the biggest suite and invited everybody no oh. one needs to know that. It's fine. It's fine. We had a it's ball. It's not a party. We had a ball. It's, it's a birthday. <laughs> it's a very separate thing. And then we like had a parade down the street to the after hour. Oh, it was such a good time. And we've been fast friends ever since. Like, thank you so much for being there for that. I will say that like one of the best things about dancing was the sisterhood because all the girls I ended up linking up with some of them I still talk to to this day and I stopped dancing when they had the employer contract so it's been about a good couple of years you know yeah tell me how that's working like because I I left California before that happened yeah Okay, so when they switched over from independent contractor to employer status, especially in like the state of California, they made these rules basically to, I don't know if it was supposed to help the girls or if it was supposed to like help the clubs. But basically from that point on, it's like instead of having the independent contractor split where you had a designated, um, you know, you have your tip out and Mm -hmm. then you also went and did your dances and you got a cut of a percentage from that Mm -hmm. from my understanding the clubs made more off the girls after employee status and not only that but they couldn't choose their hours anymore it was like I I guess they could kind of like schedule it but it was like they were on the clock it wasn't like you can come in when you want when you want yeah in a way I felt like that kind of shafted like the whole like is it worth dancing in san francisco or not because like the whole chain was owned by the same people Mm -hmm. you know what i mean all the clubs are owned by the same people as deja vu except for two clubs which was mitchell brothers and market street cinema are the only two clubs that are not owned by deja vu i don't know honestly with covid and all that stuff like i a lot of clubs have closed or whatever i honestly haven't kept up with what's going on but I don't even know, like, if any of my dancer friends are still dancing in this time period just because it's been so rough. Like, yeah. I, honestly, you can't really, like, give dances and, like, people don't want to buy dances from strippers with face masks on. I don't know. Like, from what I'm hearing, it's like you can't wear one because people don't want it to ruin the fantasy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's not the safest work environment right now. Yeah, that's scary like it, we live in a scary time right now and yeah <laughs> i can't even imagine like working in the club without a mask right now like it's it's already so unsanitary you, you know yeah so it's kind of it's like it, it's hard to avoid situations and also just like i remember when i was working at the club and I remember, like, one girl would come in sick, and then everyone would be sick for, like, the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. because this one person came in. And honestly, like, imagine if people aren't, like, they weren't wearing masks then. They're not going to wear a mask now because of the the whole standards or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, it's just a melting pot of uh, possible COVID sickness. <laughs> yeah, it's it's scary. I would like to avoid it, which is why like I've been avoiding it. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about what you've been doing since. Ever since I stopped dancing, I ended up just working on my leather and art, um, mostly leather work. So being in San Francisco and being around like all the Folsom Street Fair and all the fetish like communities, 
Honestly, I feel very supported to be here because I have a lot of people who come back to me regularly to have things made. I'm wearing mm-hmm. a collar I made for myself. Um, but it's one definitely one of those things where I'm like, I make things to order. I make things to measurement. And people who are like, I don't know, I can never find anything in my size. I'm like, I got you. Yes. Because it's, it's like I'm you're buying it straight from the maker. I'm not making like a billion of the same size Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's not fast fashion it's very slow and like sometimes Mm -hmm. like I have to take time out to like work on other stuff and then go back to work on it because I am a one person like business or whatever it it does it does like uh it is challenging to balance my workload and like things I have to do in my life yeah but it's way more rewarding I feel like honestly there's been times where I'll go to sell my leather and I remember like working at the clubs and I wouldn't make nearly as much as like when I'm doing my leather. And I feel like mm-hmm. I wasn't as passionate about dancing, to be honest. Like I did it because it was a means of making money and it was fun. I had a lot of fun dancing on the stage. Yeah. Did I like interacting with the clients though? No. <laughs> and I, I, I think everyone feels that way. I, you know, like... We, we deal with a lot of bullshit in that yeah. industry. So. And the San Francisco crowd you know. can be super weird. Super They're weird. characters, but they don't always spend the most amount of money. I'll yeah. tell you that. They don't throw money on stage. They don't make it rain. They mostly buy dances only. And most of the times, if they are buying dances, they really want extras. And, like, if you're not doing extras, then you're not always making the most amount of money. And I wasn't one of those people, so yeah. I wasn't making the most money in my club. It did seem like... Over time, there were more and more girls that were doing more and more, and it did change the vibe of the club a lot. Um, yeah, and it did, especially even at Condor. Like, it, we were not known to be, like, an extras club, but it kind of became that way. Yeah, and, like, I also noticed that the guys in San Francisco who look like they have money or, like, who have the big money jobs aren't necessarily the big spenders, and, like, I would always make all of my money off of, like, the blue collar, like, the dudes that came off the fishing boats or, like, the weed farmers <laughs> that would come to town. It's always, like, some Fleet Week dude or, like, yeah. some convention tech bro or something. Yeah. But, honestly, like, the main people we had in the clubs are, like, guys that are pimps or yeah. they're looking to, like, sell drugs or something. There was a lot of that. I think it was funny. I had this one guy, like, I was learning about the law of attraction when I first started, mm-hmm. like, dancing. And one of the things, like, I, I actually got introduced to it by Stripper Web. Which yeah. is, uh, yeah, every fucking stripper yeah. part knows about stripper web. But they had web. a PDF version of Think and Grow Rich that was able to be read. Mm-hmm. And that's when I actually was like first introduced to that. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was hilarious because as I was learning all of that, I met this guy. Like, I guess he like a, he's like a pimp or something out there. Mm-hmm. But his name was Limitless. And I thought <laughs> it was hilarious because I was trying to talk game on him. And he was like... Oh, you want a room? That sounds very limited. I, I'm I like limitless. That's oh, limited for me. These guys, man. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a strange thing. Like I've danced in a lot of places, and San Francisco seemed like it had a super high concentration of like pimp types. Yeah, or people who were selling drugs, right? Yeah, like, a lot of like people who were there to sell cocaine or do cocaine yeah. or do cocaine off a stripper's butt. And like even a lot of the dancers were selling drugs. Like it was it was exactly. a popular thing. 
I used to sell weed to people in the locker room. <laughs> nice. I would go and trim weed and oh, then yeah. I would come to work and be like, oh, you guys want to buy some weed? I just trimmed it. Hell yeah. And then people would actually buy it off me because it was good weed. Yeah. But, you know, Hell but yeah. I wasn't making the most money off of like dances or anything. So I had to double up and sell some weed. <laughs> There you go. Because it was dry most nights. Like, a lot of people don't talk about that. But sometimes you'll go into work and be like, all right, I made gas money and that's it. Yeah, it's true. And it'll be slow as shit, like, on the strip sometimes. Yeah. And I noticed, like, weekends were super tough there. (laughs) Like, I I would almost always only work weekdays because the weekends, like, it was chaotic, but no one was really spending. Strange. It's weird because, yeah, like, even with, like, fight nights or sports events... We would have a lot of people that would come in. They'll watch the game or whatever or watch the fight. But then after that, they wouldn't really like, they'll be like, all right, bye girls. Right. Oh man, I hated sports nights, especially because they had the TVs next to the stage at Condor. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and they would pause the stage. They would be like, okay, you guys are not dancing until the sports are over. Oh God. <laughs> I remember one time I was on stage there and this uh aspca commercial came on and it was like the most awkward moment like on both sides of the stage behind me is this aspca commercial <laughs> and i'm like trying yeah, to be you know, sexy i just gotta tell you you might want to adopt a dog or something while you're right? here. it was too much you can for sure adopt a cat <laughs> oh man yeah it was a strange place it's so strange but it's it's awesome that you were able to like find an outlet for your art and your design work and like really make that work for you i had nothing else to like fall back on especially after the employer like employee contract thing went through because after that happened i was like well trying to go into work was not working and they're taking more of a cut so even it's like Mm -hmm. like i said i wasn't the most paid stripper there so it was like i don't know like Imagine being paid and then taking like, I don't know, some girls would be like, oh, I made like $400 that night, but I left with like 150 You know, like how depressing is that? Like knowing that like you've made that much, but also you didn't make that much. Yeah, that's <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, well, I made that per night, but like what's what's really the deal? Like, is that even worth it? It's, it, it's almost like, damn, I had a minimum wage ass job. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like I'm dealing with a lot more. Yeah. Because you're dealing with like the harassment and like all the people, the drunk assholes that you got to deal with. And especially like the thing was, is I quit drinking around that same time when I was trying to quit dancing mm-hmm. because I didn't really want to be around like alcohol anymore. Yeah. And being around the drunk people was kind of turning me off that it was to the point where I was like, I really need to find something else. And that's mm-hmm. when I was just like, well, my leather is doing well and I'm just going to keep running with that Yeah. because how else am I going to like just continue to do what I like to do? And also just like, I don't like having a schedule. I don't like someone telling me, Hey, you can't be late. Oh, you yes. know, <laughs> not running on time. I'm like, I don't like that. I, I don't. Ha- that's why I don't have a real job. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of us get into the industry because of the freedom that it allows and because we yeah. are allowed to just kind of make our own schedule and decide how we want to work. And if you take that away, like it kind of takes the appeal of dancing away in a, in a lot of ways. Exactly. And that's what the employee like contracts were doing, where it's like you had to be there by a certain time. You had to work an X amount of hours and you can't do like all these other things that you used to be able to do as an independent contractor. And honestly, I didn't stick around for the employee contracts that long mm-hmm. to find out like what extent that it really go to. Yeah. 
yeah, I honestly, once I saw all those changes, I was like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not worth it, especially because then they will be like, oh, yeah, you might leave there with 20 bucks. You might leave there with 100. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even mm. if you try to, like, hustle some more, it's like, is it even worth it? Yeah. I mean, you could get, like, the people who, like, the nice clients that will tip you under the table because they don't take a percentage of your tips. Mm. Any of the tips you make, you get a keep. But most of the times, like, if someone is doing a dance or whatever, they'll take cuts out of that. And that's, like, actually the most, uh, like, that they would sell was yeah. dances. Because they, like I said, they weren't really like into the culture out here. It isn't about making it rain. It yeah. isn't about tipping girls. It isn't just like throwing money at people. It's not like that out here. I know that in other places it is, but that's definitely a difference between California culture and like say somewhere else like Atlanta yeah, or are, Miami. Even people aren't going to San Francisco strip clubs to show off. They're looking I for mean, like a personal do, experience. But it's very rare. Yeah. I think that the entire time I worked there, like, I only had one regular that would actually, like, throw substantial amounts of money on stage. The best regulars I had, uh, they still, I still keep in contact with them. They're, like, still cool with me on Instagram. But the best ones that I had from that club were couples. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Couples loved me, and I loved the couples back. Yeah, and there was this one couple in particular. She used to buy collars off me. She bought one Cute. maybe kind of recently a while ago. But it was like she would used to come in. I would tie her. Um, they would get like a VIP room and I would like tie her up and stuff. So we would do like unconventional rooms because mm-hmm. like other rooms, it's like, oh, yeah, you give a lap dance or whatever. But like I would bring like flogs and stuff and like, Cute. you know, I'll be like, yeah. all right, let's go. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's they were awesome. my favorite though. Like, you know, it, honestly, like they were probably the more fun clients that I ever had in the club because yeah, there's a lot of people who are not fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that you were able to find someone that you could have fun with. And like, you're right. There were a lot of couples there and like the couples were generally pretty fun. It wasn't like the jealous girlfriend trope. We I had this one guy that used to come in and he used to try to, like, I, I think he was lonely, but he definitely used to try to, like, hit on me and be like, oh, if I come visit you, is that, like, you're my girlfriend, you know? <laughs> but they would never spend money. They would just come in there and try to, like, take up a lot of your time mm-hmm. and, like, never let you work. So it's kind of weird, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like it's nice to see you and it's, like, good to talk to you when it's, like, downtime, but also I need to make my money and you're not paying me. yeah. You gotta you gotta focus on what you're there for. <laughs> yeah. Or we have like the angry girlfriends too. Sometimes we get like those angry girlfriends that like be like, Okay, well, why are we here? I'm like, bitch, I'll dance with you. I don't need to dance with him. What you need? Right. <laughs> they don't realize that most of us would rather dance for the girlfriend. <laughs> Exactly. It's way funner. That's like the couples I would get. Like they would watch me dance with their girl because I would be like, yeah, all right, let's go. We got this. You make my job a lot easier because most of the times I don't want to touch you men. Yeah. People don't realize how gay strip clubs can actually be. There was actually like, I love this, but my friend, um, she went by the name of Quinn when she worked at Condor. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm just going to say Quinn. Um, but yeah. Quinn used to host queer nights at Condor. And I thought that was really cute because they would actually bring in queer strippers wow. and, like, 
queer community to come in and bring money to queer strippers. And I think that was really cute because I think that's important rep- like in representation because yeah. a lot of the queer community do be stripping and yeah. it's like they don't have a place for it, you know? They'll do it at underground clubs and like drag shows and mm-hmm. things like that. But then it's like, yeah, like where do we have safe spaces for that where you can visit on like a actual basis and none of these clubs have that. All these clubs cater to men yeah. basically and that's one of the things that I hated personally was that like I had to change parts of myself to like be more like beautiful in terms of the male gaze or whatever because mm-hmm. it was like I used to shave my head I used to have dreadlocks I have all these tattoos yeah. I actually tried to um audition at Gold Club when Condor was kind of getting really slow and the only good club in the city was yeah. Gold Club at the time and I auditioned for them, and they told me I had too many tattoos and all that stuff. They're like, okay, you did great and all that stuff, but like our clientele is not going to like you because you have too many tattoos. And being an alternate, like, alternative stripper is kind of like different because it's like, yeah, you have to be a certain look or whatever. And also, like, I'm not white, so, like, I'm alternative and I'm Asian. So then it has this weird niche of, like, fetishism mm-hmm. that goes into it because it's like I'm not a typical, like, oh, I can make any customer like me because not every I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. So I'm not like the best hire in terms of like a business decision. But at the same time, it's like uh, the people who liked me really liked me. And it's like I make their experience for them a lot better. Mm-hmm. But then it's only like very passing fleeting moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not like. I even danced in like Portland where you would think that like somewhere someone like me would actually do well there. And it's like I went out there and they yelled at me for being late. <laughs> yeah. This one guy told me I like I was I worked one night. The second night I was supposed to work. He like I was like, I don't know. I, I was kind of high or whatever. And he told me basically like I can't work because I didn't show up and I was late. And I was like, I didn't I wasn't under any pretense that like I had to be there by a certain time. Yeah, because I was used to like working like how I usually be working. and I'll just show up when I show up. You know what I mean? Because if I like miss out on time, that's my money. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I also had this weird like I get a lot of like weird racism moments as I was dancing and that's kind of what kind of put me off like not to say that like you can't like have a good time when you're a person of color dancing but a lot of people will try to fetishize you Mm -hmm. in a way that they've seen in porn like I would walk up to the club sometimes and people are calling me like hey Sue Young orange chicken and all this bullshit like I'm not even playing I remember that clearly because I was like why the fuck would you call someone orange chicken like you know like why would you do that (laughs) and for no reason like what do they get at us talking to you like that it's so disgusting. And, like, people people really think they can talk to strippers any old way and will roll with it. And it's it's not cool. I think they forget that we're people, yeah. you know, like, actual people that can feel what you're, like, telling us. Because, yeah, like, obviously, like, the fetishism is, like, another thing. It's, like, like I said, like, being, like, I feel like when people are going to strip clubs obviously in most of the clubs the high earners are like white girls and like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna be like uh, it is what it is that's what it is you know what i mean like if you go to any club that's usually generally what happens and that's because a lot of people like that you know what i mean like that's Mm -hmm. just kind of like what they look for when they go to a club and 
being anything not that, it's like, yeah, like you are going to have to find someone who's specifically into that. Or it's like they just decided that they liked you in that moment. You know what I mean? And it's not like the easiest thing to be like, I, I'm unconventionally and like not in like a white passing way that I look like that certain look, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who aren't even white, but they have that white look and they make a lot more money. Yeah. And I, I think that has to be said, you know, like, I don't know if like a lot of people cut um, touch on that or like talk about that much, but that's what generally what it's like being a person of color in a club. And it mm-hmm. just kind of divides it even more, like, especially because the time that I was leaving that whole situ- situation, like I said, I was getting sober mm-hmm. and I was trying to like focus more on my art and things like that, like things that kind of didn't have to like rely on my looks or what, like, you know, just yeah. just aesthetics. It's like, I want to offer more than that. Like yeah. one time I was at the club and like this guy had the audacity to be like, you have a brain cell and you actually are intelligent. And now I can't get a dance with you because like, why? Because you thought that if I was dumb, that you would buy a dance for me. But because I'm an actual human being with thoughts that apparently I'm not worthy of getting spent money on. Yeah. It's, a, it's the classic like Madonna horror dichotomy where like they think that this kind of woman is to be respected and taken seriously. And then this kind of woman is to be treated however the fuck you want. Yeah. And you see a lot of that, like, if you just observe the clubs a lot, and, like, because I had a lot of time of, like, it being slow, like, Mm -hmm. sometimes I would just sit at the bar and just observe Mm -hmm. and see what people like or how people interact with each other. And it's very, like, wild that, you know, like, even one time I was dancing on the side stage, right? And I was about to go on the main stage. This guy just came up to me and was like, oh, ni hao. I'm like, bitch, like, how do you even know if I'm Chinese? You know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely had a lot of, like, racist moments. And, like, and these guys, they're not Asian, obviously. Yeah. Like, they don't know, like, you know, the difference between different types of Asian people. And first of all, like, you, I don't go up to, like, white people and just, like, just start saying, hey, do you like grape juice or some shit? Like, <laughs> Asian person and be like, hey, you like uh, ni hao, like, uh, orange chicken. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's you know? so disrespectful. <laughs> it's, so, it's so out of pocket. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that's that's kind of the main reason why I was like, I love dancing, if not for the dumb clientele, because like, if I can just be pretty on stage and mm-hmm. like, have you look at me and give me money, but then don't talk to me ever again, I'd love that. You know, <laughs> That's the dream. Give me your money and go away. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to really interact with you because you're just gonna piss me off. And most of the times it was like that. And it was like, I, I get it. Like, I'm probably, like, the most not approachable person there. And I'm probably not going to be, like, one of those people, like, making the most. Because sometimes I'm, like, people would say something like that. And I can't, can't I can't br- like, grin and bear it yeah. and be, like, oh, this is okay. Like, actually, just give me your money. Like, I love this. <laughs> and, like, no, 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 no. Like, I actually get pissed off. And then I'll try to educate them on why that's wrong. And then they don't want to, like, spend on me. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, I educated their asses. And they think they're coming to the club to be coddled and it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why would I, it's really frustrating because that's like the environment we were in, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And it's, I want to say like the best thing to come out of the club was 
some of the friendships, like yeah. me and Trap Mom's friendships, like I'm still friends with her right now. Yeah, she deleted her Instagram and all that stuff, but like she's honestly like one of my favorite like people, and like was one of the most supportive people for me at the club mm-hmm. because like there's nights where I was just like, man, I'm fucking tired of this shit, and like was going off of ranting on about these dumb guys or whatever, and we would all be in the back room just fucking talking hella shit, you know how long, <laughs> and yeah, like. Having Trap Mom there as a support for me was probably the main reason why I stayed so long was because, like, like honestly, like, that was, like, the best thing was, like, sometimes I would go to work just to go hang out with Trap Mom, and I would just chill in the back room the whole time mm-hmm. when it was slow because I was like, what's the point of being out there? It's not going to be any fun. Like, it's not changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll stay back here and twerk on Trap Mom's papers instead. <laughs> and, like, the community and family you build in the club is just so important to the experience there. Like, I don't – I can't yeah. imagine dancing and, like, not making friends in the club and not having that community. I couldn't even imagine doing it. Yeah. I had some of my, like, real-life friends that were, like, people I knew outside of the club who worked at the club with me. Mm-hmm. One of them, um, I'm just going to say her dancer name instead, but Giselle was one of my favorite friends that I used to, like, live with her. Cute. And not only that, but we used to go to, like, metal shows together and stuff, and, like, we would always be working together, and I thought that was cute. Um, she was actually the person who got me into dancing on Broadway because we both worked at Hungry Eye. Yeah. And I, I was like, yo, <laughs> that place do get wild, though. It was a trip working there, but I definitely felt like, you know, going to Condor was a a step up for me. But another person who I really would like to touch about is, I don't know if you remember Isaac or the house pony. I do. Yeah. I loved him because he was like our gay house dad and like he would always come. And I used to go to lunch with him and everything and... Honestly, he passed away. Like, I remember, I, like, I, didn't I don't know, know that. Knew. Oh, my God. Yeah, so th- it happened, like, he literally passed away. I saw him, the like, the day right before he passed away. Like, me and him were, like, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm cooking this meal. Mm-hmm. And um, we did, like, a tarot card reading. It was really cute. We went out for brunch that day. And then I was like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. And then the next day, uh, I got all these texts talking about how he never woke up and, Aww. Like, we ended up going to his funeral, and all the strippers were there. Like, all a whole bunch of strippers pulled up. We had, like, this little, like, I drew a little piece for him. I think my friend had it printed out as, as, on, like, an altar and everything. But honestly, like, I can't think about going back to the club without thinking about House Pony Isaac. And, yeah, like, he- you know, I feel like that has to be said. Like, if I am going to talk about the Condor and, like, the history and, like, the things that went on over there, I got to talk. I got to talk about House Pony. Yeah. Man, I did not know he passed away. He was so much fun to work with. (laughs) And he... That's what I'm saying. He really kept your job. Amazing people. Yeah. Like, a lot of, like, amazing talent in the club, too. Like, I I mean, you know Michelle. Michelle Mm -hmm. used to dance and, like, do all those crazy-ass tricks and shit. Yeah. And you know what would piss me off? Is she would be walking on the ceiling and no one would give her a goddamn tip on stage. And that would piss me the fuck off. Right? The shit she would do would completely defy gravity. Honestly, I don't understand people's logic because that's the thing about I realized about like San Francisco or the Bay in general, just like sometimes we have so much talent out here and it's not being valued. Mm -hmm. And like, I wish there was more to value for it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like we have a lot of amazing performers and I know that you do like burlesque shows and stuff too. Yeah. But we have 
literally some of the most talented people out here mm-hmm. doing all the different shows, but then they're getting gigs for like 50 bucks. And I hate it. You know yeah. what I mean? I wish that people valued it more yeah. to pay the performers more, but also just like to keep those people around, you know? Mm-hmm. Because imagine if, like, someone was just like, man, I'm tired of this shit. I'm not really getting paid for this. Like, I'm just going to stop doing it. You know what I mean? And they could have been the most bomb performer. But it's like, the fact is, the money wasn't there. So, like, I get it. You want to do something else with your time and efforts. That will give you more back in return, right? Like, that's all we want, like, in life, really. And that's a good point. Like, I wonder what kind of talent we're not seeing because they weren't getting paid when they were doing it. Right. Man. Don't you ever, like, think about, like, what could happen if we changed the format of strip clubs? Because, like, what if, like, they were doing, like, performances and people did make it rain? Yeah. Or, like, people would actually hear out, like, what the complaints are with, like, dancers? Because, like, the things I kind of touched on before is, like, People who are making backhanded comments or like mm-hmm. racist like type comments or like just like do you ever look at yourself and like <laughs> how do you treat people right. and, like a girl to like you or like even want to serve you and put her ass in your face and shake it? No, <laughs> like I feel like you have to have some form of like a brain cell, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Did you ever did you ever go to burlesque night when they were having it at Condor? I did. Um, I remember they had like a few, but then it's like after it's kind of like having a game show mm-hmm. after the burlesque performance, they would be gone. Mm, that's true. I was there also for the Jack the Stripper night where yeah. um, she came with the book signing and I actually bought the book and like, uh, yeah, there was another person, another author that was traveling with and it was like a witchy book. I forgot what cool. it was called. I think it was like witches something in sluts. I think I think I know which book you're talking about. Cause I think I have. Yeah, I was like, I definitely bought both of those books that night. Like, I, I got this guy to be like, all right, tip me so I can go buy these books, and then like yes. bought those books. <laughs> I, I love that because it's kind of wild to see the shift in like changes. Because even Jack the Stripper doesn't even strip anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like she like started making her books and art and stuff, and then like she kind of just stopped and got away from that too. And I thought it's interesting because a lot of us are like, okay, yeah, we did this for a period in time, but it's not forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I liked what I did in that period of time because I only danced for about like three, four years. Mm-hmm. Wait, it was definitely like four to five, something like that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like in that time period, it's like I had a lot of good memories and there's a lot of things that happened and some good, some not so bad, some bad, you know? Yeah. Would I change it for anything? Probably not. But I wish that things would change about it, too. Yeah. Like, you know, people's behaviors or the structure of things. Like, I wish they would go back to independent contractor instead of, like, employees. I'm honestly not sure why they thought that was a better idea. Because, I think, like, they lost a lot of workers also. I think maybe the people that made the laws didn't really understand how it would actually play out. Um, I mean, I think they killed strip clubs in California because after all that happened, a lot of the people I knew that dance don't dance anymore. They went and got yeah. other jobs. Yeah. Like, for instance, one of them, like, one of them became a nursing student and then they're about to graduate from their nursing program now. I know another person who still dances, but they moved to New York. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, different types of, like, a lot of them are just, like, well, we're doing different stuff now. Like, even Trap Mom was working in, like, a... 
I, I forgot what it was called. I think it's like substance abuse therapy. So oh, she was cool. like helping people who were trying to get clean type deal, like outpatient programs or that's whatever. Awesome. And I, I think that's a good thing because it's like after you work in that industry and you're seeing how many people are like on drugs and like having addiction problems. Like, I think it's wild. She went from being house mom to like, I'm going to go try to like help people with their addiction problems. Yeah. And I think that needs to be said too, is that like, a lot of people in those clubs do have addiction problems and which is why like when I was getting sober, it was hard for me to be there because mm-hmm. I was just watching people being reckless and, you know, continuing problems with like drugs and alcohol and mostly cocaine, you know. Um, and you see a lot I of the worst of human behavior in the club sometimes. Yeah. It, it's like because it's uncontrolled also, mm-hmm. you know, like I've seen someone break a, a, a like a shot glass or not a shot glass, like one of those drink cups they had at a condor because mm-hmm. they threw it at somebody. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that's mm-hmm. actually not cool. Like I like that actually can hurt somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely seen people get way too crazy in there. There was there was one time. I was on stage and I was like up at the top of the pole, like walking on the ceiling and I smelled smoke and I looked down and this was back when they still had real candles on the tables. Oh, and this lady would actually caught on fire. This drunk lady was at the tip rail and she leaned back and her hair got into one of the candles and went up in flames. Like she must've been wearing a hell of a lot of hairspray, but her shit went up in flames. And I, I'm up there like, all right, maybe I should just stay up here. Cause you know, the stage Who's is kind of small. This dude next to her starts patting the back of her head to try to put the fire out. And then she turns around and punches him. Cause she thinks he's just, hitting her in the head like did not even realize that she's like she was just too wasted like she had no idea what was going on and then when she figured out that she was on fire she like freaked out and they put it out and then she started like freaking out on mark and like it was this whole thing and she (laughs) got completely belligerent we made mark a song did i we me and trap mom used to be like we would always be in a locker room and we would always be like just making dumb shit up so we had this like low-key meme where we're like you better take that shit to Mark. So we would always be like, take that shit to Mark. Yeah, take that. Take that shit to Mark. <laughs> oh, man. Mark had to deal with everybody's bullshit. Well, honestly, like, there's... Uh, one time I got in a fight. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I don't know if you remember, like, there is that older stripper that used to be there. She mm. hated me. And she, she hated-, hated everybody, but she definitely didn't like me. She thought I was, like, the devil. And, like, I don't know. She was just, like, she hated me. Anyway, one day, I came into the club, and I was rolling a blunt in the locker room. And she, like, I don't know. She just, I can't remember. She was, like, telling me to move or something. And I was, like, here, I'll just go like this. And then, like, you know, I was just kind of, like, I don't know what I did. I think I said something hella kind of snarky that kind of pissed her off. So, and then she, like, tossed my bag across the room. And no, you did not just toss my bag. And then she came up on me, right? She was about to, like, throw hands on me. Oh, so I threw no. hands on her back. <laughs> and it was just like, me, Camille, and, like, this other girl, right? Yeah. And they were trying to get us off each other. But I'm over here like, ah, no. I think Mark had to come get us. And then, like, when Mark was, like, took us downstairs to talk about it. And, like, I'm over here still trying to kick this girl and shit. Bodyguards and shit. Oh, trying to back. And I'm just like, bro, you did not just try to, like, put your hands on me. But I'm over here, like, I... I For I, what? Like... Cause she was, she hated me. Like I, it was ongoing tension for like a m- long time, and like I grabbed her by the neck, and I was just like, bah. I mean, my money's definitely on you in this situation. 
I mean, like, it was it was kind of like they had to take us apart. But then when Mark was all like, oh, yeah, what happened? I'm like, I'm just chilling. Like, oh, no, nah, she put hands on me first. So I just did the bag. I mean, I don't yeah. even care. I can work. I can work you tonight. You defended to yourself. And I'm like, bro, like, I don't even care. Like, we can let this go. Yeah, but, like, just don't do it again. Like, don't throw hands on me. Yeah. Don't lay hands on me. We don't have a problem. But I was like, out of all people, she was the one that wanted to have issues with me. I don't know. We tried to be cool at one point. But then, like, one time, she, like, texted this weird thing to, like, a friend and talked shit about someone else. And then we were like, okay, well, we don't like that because we're all friends here. Yeah. And, like, why are you trying to be like that? I don't know. I I thought you was, you know. Yeah, I don't understand people that just, like, go out of their way to, like, stir up drama and shit. Like, she definitely tried to pick fights with me when I worked there, too. And I was just like, what? Like, I literally don't have a problem with anybody. I was like, I I don't know if she, like, someone else was like, oh, yeah, she does MM. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you do it like them. I was like, how the hell are you going to come for me? Like. For no reason. No reason. No, nah, honestly, she was just a hater. And I forgive her for that because, you know, <laughs> I, I would not want to be 40 years old and working in a strip club like her about that. But she was bitter. <laughs> I got to say, there were a couple of older dancers at Condor that, like, knew what the fuck they were doing, though, and would make I mean, she always had, like, some regulars. Like, I'll give her that. You know what I mean? She used to always be there sitting in her corner with her gown on. Like, you do you, boo. You didn't like me, but, like, you know what? I can't hate on the fact that you would get, like, these regular-ass clients that like your ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She she was definitely busy. Anyway, I know exactly who you're talking about. Anyway. Endless um, moments in a condor. Let's go back to talking about your, your art and your leather work. Do you think that, like, working in the club taught you sales skills that translated to different business ventures for you? It did, actually, because, like, when I'm going out and selling, like, my leather at tables and stuff, like, I kind of, like, go at it from a different angle, and I'll try to, like, sometimes I will do it like I'm selling a dance, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I'll try to, like, start talking about the collar itself, what you can do with it, you know, maybe demonstrate on myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can tug on it. Isn't that great? You know what I mean? (laughs) It's not a baby bitch collar. You can actually do some things with this. Cool. And, like... If they have a partner with them, even better because like having a couple like come up to you and you try to sell it to them is like selling a couple dance. Mm-hmm. Because you can just be like, oh, these are nice things that you can do and give them ideas, you know. Mm-hmm. So and then it's like you don't even have to do the ideas, but it's just giving them like a fantasy that they can buy with it. Also, it definitely goes back to like working at the club. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Like we learn a lot of a lot of business skills and personal skills that like can absolutely translate into other industries and other ventures and like it's super important to hold on to that and like recognize that as valuable experience and knowledge. And I think I mean you also learn all the the skills with like working with people too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think a good thing because even with the tip outs and like working with like those DJs that'll always be like, you need to pay me more <laughs> or I'm going to put, I'm going to put on a shitty song for you that you don't like. Don't get- have, there's a few DJs I loved working with because they would actually just play me the songs and not have to like mm-hmm. have anything with it. But yeah, there's a few certain DJs that were personalities that 
would be like, okay, if you didn't pay me, then you know mm. what? You get what you get, and I'm gonna play you a song you don't like just because I'm just to spite you. The one guy. And I think that's just so sad. <laughs> it's like, why don't you want a stripper on stage that's happy to be dancing to right. a song that they like? Like, like now you're definitely know? not getting paid. Bird yourself. You fucked both you of our money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, Man, there was one guy I remember, I can't remember his name, but I would always tip, and I guess he just wasn't happy with how much I was giving him, and decided to play Kid Rock while I was on stage, and like, <laughs> I am not a Kid Rock kind of girl. I know. I straight up almost threw my shoe at him. <laughs> I was so mad. I, I know that feeling, because there's definitely been times where they all play me something that I wasn't vibing with, and I'm like, I gotta go on stage with this. I'm over here just like... <laughs> Like, I'm just going to roll around on stage and that's it. Whatever. Strip club. And, and most of the times it would be like a slow day anyway. So it doesn't yeah. really matter what the hell you're doing on stage. Yeah. But I mean, it's still the, the, it's just a matter of like doing the damn thing. And like, they're responsible for creating the atmosphere also. Like they have a huge role in building the vibe of the whole club and they often don't acknowledge like the importance of that role sometimes they don't but sometimes they do because there's some songs that take me back to the club like even years of me being out of it like for instance if you ever play like lucretia my reflection by sisters of mercy Mm -hmm. i would think i'm back on stage you know because they used to play that (laughs) for me when i'm on stage or they'll play like Rob Zombie, and I'm like oh, back yeah. at the club. You know what I mean? Rob Zombie like, is definitely stripper music. Think of Rob Zombie and not think of Condor. Mm-hmm. Like that's just kind of like they played it so much. You know, um, there is definitely a good few songs that like takes me back. Like whenever yeah. I hear it, and I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember dancing to that song. <laughs> yeah. I feel like an old lady now. Like oh yeah, back in my day, I used to dance to Rob Zombie. <laughs> it's true. It's true. For me, it was. Um, it was Lords of Acid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I sit on acid. Yeah. They used to play that all the time. They're like, sit on my face. I'm going to sit on your face. <laughs> yes. Lords of Acid was my shit at that place. They used to play that. Yeah. I, they used to have that on the playlist for sure. Like that little gothy playlist that they have for like the goth bitches. <laughs> the alternative. Yes. Sometimes they'll play like Susie and the Banshees for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, so good. So have you been doing any... um? Any, like, of the virtual performances throughout the pandemic? I know you were in one of my burlesque shows. Yeah, I did, like, one other one um, after yours, which was, like, a thing that I, um, which was a show with, like, Dragonessa um, held, I think it was with Tito also, Tito Soto. Cool. Um, But after that, I just haven't done any, like, virtual performances. I did like a actual performance um, from New Year's Eve. I did like a little performance for the King.com like bondage party. Oh, cool. But it was weird because it was like there's supposed to be all these other dancers that I was supposed to perform also, but they couldn't figure out how to get the pole up. So all the pole dancers couldn't pull. Oh no. So I brought Lyra and I was still able to perform, but like all the pole people were not able to perform. That sucks. I know. I was like, I, I, I had a friend who was supposed to do pole and I was like, oh, I'm excited to see you perform and like didn't get to. It was kind of sad. I don't know what was the deal with the pole. I don't know if it was like the tension pole is too short or too big or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know the ceilings are super high there, so maybe. It, yeah. Oh no, it's small. Oh. It's a different location now. Oh okay. Like, it's their headquarters. 
Oh yeah, I keep like forgetting the, Kink's not in the armory anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I wish it was the armory because yeah, like when I rigged up my Lyra, it was very short to the point where it was like I've never performed on Lyra this small, oh. like to too close to the ground that I kind of had to like freestyle it yeah. because I wasn't like I wasn't able to do what I normally practice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it was like that was fun, but yeah, that was the most recent performance I did. I've been mostly making leather and selling it. That's yeah. kind of like what I've been doing more of during quarantine. And um, yeah, I want to say that's like basically the main source of or anything that I've been doing yeah. lately. Have you been working on more of your other art, like drawing, painting? I know you were coming out with some really cool stickers a while back. Yeah, I still saw a whole bunch of stickers. I actually started drawing again, but it was like, I took a break for it for like a really long time. I haven't painted in a really long time either. <laughs> I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, I would like to do that, but I've been mostly focused. Like I said, the last couple of months, I started taking guitar and piano lessons. So a lot of my time as of lately is guitar and piano i've been doing leather and then i'll go and sell it i've been doing this weekly at cat club oh cool so sometimes like they've been alternating vendors lately so then it's like i'm not there every single week yeah. but i'm there at least you know a couple times a month yeah and it's been super cute because it's like it's a play party mm-hmm. so it's like uh it used to be it took over what bondage agogo yeah, used yeah. to be so if you remember bondage agogo um, it's called Playland now, and it's held by different promoters, and it's pretty cute because it's like a weekly, but also there's like, you know, Shibari and Impact Play backstage and cool. back, back in the play area, and then in the front, there's uh, some vendors, and usually it's me or Naughty Rel cool. doing Impact Toys, um, so that there's that. And it's been nice because I would see people each week and then I would get to see them with the items that they had bought. Cool. So, you know, sometimes people will bring in like different outfits and different kink stuff. Like I'll see people in like puppy outfits and, like, <laughs> you know, it makes me feel like I'm back in like Folsom Street Fair, but, you know, but actually just chilling, you know what yeah. I mean? Not having to wait for one day of the year. <laughs> Man, the San Francisco kink scene is so magical. I love how just out and free everyone is with it. And, like, there's parties yeah. about it. And you can just go and have a good time and be as kinky as you want. I love I it. I love it because there's, like, a couple last week, actually, I was vending. And they bought a leash. And then they were just walking around with it. And they were having, like, the time of their life. That's They're so like, cute. Yo, this leash is amazing. <laughs> and... I thought it was the cutest thing ever. I was like, honestly, like, yes. Like, but I would love to channel the confidence of one of those guys at Folsom Street Fair that are just butt ass naked and just dick out. <laughs> As like people are walking by, <laughs> like to have that amount of confidence, I would die for. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that brave. <laughs> San Francisco also has a pretty serious nudist <laughs> Oh, man. And they're at every event, too. Like, they're not just at full. So, yeah. <laughs> like, they show up to every single event. There's always naked just, guys. That's I it. love it. I miss it. Vegas still, right? Yeah. But you don't see naked guys in Vegas unless they're getting arrested. <laughs> that's true. It's like, oh, yeah, they're probably way too too faded. Yeah. <laughs> they did some shit. They probably pissed on something and, you know... Man. Maybe thought they were Superman and try to lift the car. People Who come knows? out here and act a damn fool. <laughs> I should have hit you up when I was there in Vegas. I was uh, out there for a day in Vegas. 
yeah, let's hang out soon. We need to we need to catch up. <laughs> I go to a hot springs or something. Girl, I got a hot tub at my house. <laughs> Hell yes. We need to hang out. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. If you have something you're passionate about and you actually have been actively pursuing it as you were like doing your work, like you can definitely make it into some sort of career because I honestly didn't think like honestly I was just making these collars at first like as I was dancing I would wear them to work mm-hmm. and then people would be like hey I want to buy one off you <laughs> you know what I mean like it, it's wild how that works but like if you become your own like walking advertisement for yourself like it's actually more doable than you think mm-hmm. and it's totally possible to make money off just art because like I said like I went like, as I was dancing, it was, like, sometimes I was wondering, I was, like, should I, like, is this even better than a minimum wage job? Because, like, sometimes yeah. I would make good money and sometimes I don't. And honestly, I make way more money off my art now than I ever did dancing. And I think that's, like, I think that says a lot, too, about the this, the climate of working in San Francisco. Because mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people also do survival sex work, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes if you're in a place and you really needed that money, you get that money. You mm-hmm. feel me? Like, sex work is still work, you know? Like, I get it. Like, I've been there, too. And, like, finding something that you're more passionate about that you don't feel like you're going to... Like, everything I said about, like, how men treated people and like how that affected me as a person and like how it made me feel like fetishized or like harassed like when people would call me like orange chicken or whatever the fuck they would say like personally I don't get that as I'm doing art because people just celebrate you when you're doing art when you're expressing yourself you can be whoever the fuck you want but being in a club you have to be like pleasing to like a male gaze or whatever and if that's not your mo then bitch you know you can get you can still do whatever the fuck you want with life (laughs) and you can go out there and go and find something that makes you really happy and if what makes you happy is seeing people get whipped and spanked get whipped and spanked (laughs) there's a market for everything i mean there's pro domination too yes there is and i definitely was that girl in the club (laughs) I mean, I definitely also used to work at a dom house, mm-hmm. and I can say that, like, uh, they had their rules also, mm-hmm. which is kind of, like, another thing of, like, you know, they're honestly doing any type of sex work and then having to deal with clients and then negotiate. Like, you're going to have some people who are going to be kind of wilding and not because, mm-hmm. like, there's some people who really want race play shit or, like, age play, and I'm, like, not about that. Yeah. And, like, some people who are really about that, like... You know, some people will dead ass pay for that. I don't understand it, but like, I think they need therapy. <laughs> I mean, everybody has their thing, and like, yeah. they have to be respectful of who they're playing with and recognize that, like, if you're not into yeah. that and it makes you uncomfortable, they can't impose that on you, you know? Yeah. Honestly, I just, I don't like race play stuff. It's yeah. just kind of like a hard boundary for me. But like yeah. if it's not a boundary for someone else and they're, they're into it, go, don't king shame them. Go for it. Go, go for it. But like at the same time, I'm like, I personally don't like that shit just yeah. because of like the current like political climate and like the way the world is mm-hmm. and like shit like that. And I'm like, I don't think that is actually like sponsoring compassion and healing. Like I feel like that's actually like you need therapy if you want to be like, you know, <laughs> and it really it really comes down to consent like if somebody's trying That's to play with you and you're not 
cool with what they're trying to do. Like they can't push that. They can't force you to do some shit you don't want to do. That is a fact. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for talking with me today. Do you want to tell us where we can find more of you? Uh, so Instagram, my business is at hail cat, but you can find my website at catbutt.it. So catbutt it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's only really two platforms I'm on. I'm not really on other things because fuck Facebook, even though I'm on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. But until someone makes a better social media website, what do? Yeah. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Oh, man. Fucking Facebook. <laughs> Don't get me I started. Know. Uphill I'm battle. Like, Facebook caused the whole downward pour of depression, and I will never go back to that echo chamber of angry mess ever again. Yeah, I think I quit Facebook when I was still working at Condor. Like, I was posting yeah. pictures saying I was at work, and it would just be like me That's in a bikini right. up against a wall. And uh, my pictures kept getting reported, so I got pissed off and posted a picture of my asshole. Told him to kiss it. <laughs> I mean, I definitely deactivated around the same time, but it was around the same time like Trump became president. So it was a weird yeah. time period. Yeah. It was like a weird tension in the club also, which is kind of like, I think it was like the weird racist shit and also just like the contract status. Like it was mm-hmm. kind of, it was kind of like a blending yeah, just moment to, to leave the club. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I still had fun. It's just more so the clientele, but it is what it and is. And it does it does seem like all those things kind of came together to like give you the push you need to go pursue things you're more passionate about. So in a way, it worked out. I mean, I get to see people use my stuff in their kink scenes, so that makes me happy. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Yes, a Stripper. And it was wonderful catching up to you or catching up with you. And (laughs) we need to hang out. We got to tell them one more story. Yeah, We got to tell them about that time we went to the Banya and we got drunk. (laughs) Oh, man. We were wild. I miss that place, too. It was like a... (laughs) like a Russian bathhouse <laughs> we used to go yeah, to. Yeah, house was clothing optional, and we went and got mimosas yeah. and got drunk at the hot springs. Yeah, and we were a mess. It was so much fun. <laughs> I miss that place. Like, champagne and hot tubs and saunas <laughs> really probably shouldn't go together, but we had a ball. Enjoy. Thanks for having me, and I will see you next time. Yes, I will see you next time. Thank you. Enjoy the stories of me beating up a stripper. Thank you for listening to Yes, a Stripper podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember we are a listener-funded podcast. You can donate to our PayPal at yesastripperpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our new merch store and the t-shirts that were handmade on yesastripperpodcast.com. We will also be having a fundraiser on February 13th for the Period Podcast Network. If you'd like to purchase tickets to the online event, you can purchase them at tinyurl.com slash period 2022 fundraiser. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. 
Thank you for listening. This has been a production with Period Podcast Network. You can find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network, and you can follow us at Yes, a Stripper Podcast on Instagram and Yes, a Stripper Pod on Twitter. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave your feedback in the comments on YouTube. We'll see you next week.